This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Video Junkyard Podcast. You have landed at episode number 120. Holy oh my gosh. Shit. And uh, with me tonight, I have my good friend and co-host, Joe Peterson. How's it going, hey, Joe? Pretty good. And we have drug along uh, our friend and other co-host, Mr. Ryan Steiskel. How's it going, Ryan? Good, good, good. And I say okay. drug along because uh, oh, he yeah. just found out he was doing this podcast about ten minutes ago. So yeah. I got I, <laughs> I, I was I was tranked, uh, dragged, uh, and here I am. Not by Eric and Joe. I don't know what's going on, but they had internet connection. <laughs> I have Skype on the phone, so we're able to make it work. Well, and and I'm, yeah. I'm going to throw this out too. Like because... you're not going to use that as an excuse to get out of doing our podcast. No, no not at all. <laughs> and and get used to being dragged. And get used to being pulled because Ryan is engaged. Congratulations! Yeah, congrats, man. You son of a yeah, no, no, yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you outed me. No, uh, yeah, no. It was one of those cool things where both my my partner and I were just like, so we've been together for a while. Should we just get? In, should we just tell people we're engaged now? Because we pretty much have been, haven't we? I'm like, oh. I'm pretty sure we're just married at this point, but yeah, honey, let's just do that. Yeah, yeah. They mean, you, you so, so yes, congrats oh, to you well. and Sharon. Thank you. And, uh, it's a team yeah, effort. Yeah, congratulations. And, uh, it's awesome. So it's fun. <laughs> so we're gonna do something kind of different tonight on the podcast yeah. because as, you're gonna as buy a us present a house for, in celebration of your engagement. You're gonna buy us a house. That would be great. Oh yeah, <laughs> but there's a catch. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're at least going to um, well, describe a, market, a house so. to you, I guess is <laughs> the best way to do it. And, oh, uh, you guys are going to be like uh, actually, real estate agents. Yes, in a way. <laughs> in a way. <laughs> that house is actually the 1986 Steve Miner film, House. This is a house where no one should live. Woman lived here before you was nuts. Wouldn't be surprised if someone just got fed up and off her. She was my aunt. Heart of gold, though. Roger Cobb has come here alone. Daddy? <laughs> but no one is ever alone in the house. This house knows everything about you. It has been waiting for him. Hi. Sandy. Now. It wants you. Horror has found a new home. 
at your own risk. <laughs> Directed by Steve Miner, as I just said, and produced by Sean S. Cunningham. You may recognize those names yeah. if you are a horror aficionado from the Friday the 13th series, I believe. Uh, Cunningham, producer on, on many, if not most, of those films. And Steve Miner directed, I believe, the second and third Friday the 13th movie. Yep. movies. Um, uh, House stars William Cat, which we know well on this podcast. Uh, we've, we've looked at films that he's been in, such as Carrie and mm-hmm. Baby, Secret of the Lost Legend. Yep. And uh, <laughs> also stars George Went of Cheers fame. Norm! Um, yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah. So. And Richard Mall. A... And Richard Mall. Yeah, another famous '80s sitcom character who played Bull on Night Court. That's so. how I've always oh, watching yeah. watching this. I had to go. Oh, it's Bull from Night Court. <laughs> what the fuck is his name? Yeah, <laughs> he's always Bull <laughs> so, from Night Court. Yeah. So um, it's funny for me because what there's like an eight year, eight seven year difference between when when you guys mentioned him briefly. I'm like, oh yeah, like I I don't know much about House, and I tell this to the guys. But I, I recently, like months back, I did one of those wiki jumps, and for some reason it was on the House franchise. So, but I did notice that dude in there. It's like, oh yeah, he's from Night Court. But this is where the generation <laughs> gap is. Is like that's. I think I was watching reruns. That show had to be like gone by the time I was watching it, and I was like four. Yeah, so. I think even for me it was already reruns. Yeah, me so too. Was Cheers. I, think that's like, I remember I when Cheers ended, but it was. It, it ran quite a long time like it was before my time kind of too so it was just one of those things though, where joe's just like oh look it's name of character from from night court where i'm just like hey it's that guy from night court <laughs> yeah that's yeah. it and then there's the guy that was the judge that kind of looked like discount dan and carvey yeah harry anderson yeah, yeah harry and yeah and john larroquette it's a great show oh yeah and then later on they show up as like villains and weird cheesy like Disney or Nickelodeon original movies, right? So, yeah, they or sure movies do. Like, like pretty House. much all of those people, or <laughs> House, movies yeah, like movies like House. <laughs> now, um, this was also co-written by uh, Fred Decker, right? It was story credit went to Fred Decker. I believe there was a pretty massive rewrite on his original idea, but okay. yeah, Fred Decker, who is also another one of the people you know working with Steve Miner and Sean Cunningham mm-hmm. um, um, back in the day, but Decker wrote you know great movies a couple that we've you know actually night of the only creeps. one of his that we've done here yeah. on the podcast night, of the, creeps, night yeah. of the creeps but um also monster squad um gosh i know i'm robocop 3 he wrote robocop 3 oh god yeah i said great ones though so well Frank Miller, but yeah <laughs> i actually don't know anything about this guy <laughs> so, like i know thing like everything you guys listed i know about that so thank you for, that's that's enough context i guess <laughs> For my end. So, yeah. so, so Eric, did, yeah, have you seen this one before? Oh yeah. See this. This is one of those that, and I, I was while I was you know put, typing everything up and like just finished watching this movie. I was trying to remember like the first time I saw this movie, and I want to say it was like in my early teens, like when we. Uh, I think you were involved in some of these, Joe, but Fred's used to get together and do, like, horror movie marathons where he'd kind of, like, stay up all night and watch movies. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe it was just, like, a random pickup at the video store of one of those. And I kind of remember not really knowing what to think about it because it had such a different tone from, like, all the other horror movies. And, and you know, you know, 
as I've explained on the podcast many times before, and, and Joe knows it personally, but like growing up, I wasn't really like allowed to watch many modern horror movies. I grew up on the classics and stuff because R-rated movies were kind of off the table for me, uh, at least at home. So when I got these opportunities to like get together with a bunch of friends and go watch movies, you know, away from like the eyes of my parents, it was obviously time to check out all the stuff I wasn't allowed to watch. And tone-wise, this was such a different kind of movie than, um, like, everything else we picked up, like the Elm Street and Friday and all the, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, 80s kind of slasher stuff that we were, you know, consuming massive amounts of at the time. (laughs) And so I think the first time I saw it, I wasn't really sure what to make of it, but it certainly left an impression because later in my teens, when we were looking for, like, kind of silly, fun movies to watch, I was, it was kind of one of those that instantly was like, oh, you guys got to see House, because it's. I just have these memories of these, like, ridiculous scenes, these crazy monster costumes kind of, you know, stuffed into this haunted house movie where they almost feel like they don't belong, and it's just this super memorable, funny kind of, I guess, horror movie. <laughs> like, um, just because it plays with some of those cliches. But, yeah, it, so it's one I watched a bunch of times, and it's also one of those ones I used to, like, bring places. Like, if somebody would, you know what movie should we watch tonight? And it was always like, oh, I got to show these people house, you know. It's, uh... So, yeah, this is one I've seen actually <laughs> quite a few times. It's uh, probably one of the ones on the podcast I've seen the most times. Oh, I don't wow. know. Probably not. Probably right in the middle. But I've seen this one a handful of times, maybe even as many as 10-ish. But... Holy shit. I was not wow. expecting mm-hmm. that one. <laughs> no, I... Yeah, this was one that was a party movie, and I always bring over and be like, you guys got to see this. So, oh, and it's perfect for that. I think yeah. I first saw it when I was... See, it came out in 86. I would have been five, so obviously I didn't see it right away, but I probably saw it when I was under 10. And mm-hmm. I had weird memories of, like, a couple things that really creeped me out. And then as I got older, I watched it again and realized those things didn't creep me out, but there was some other shit, and we'll talk about it, that just gives me the creeps. Mm-hmm. But overall, this was a, a weird movie for me to classify because it's not really scary, and it's a comedy, but it kind of lands. Um, but this is one that it's was... It's also inter- got some like heavy stuff in it, too. And some heavy <laughs> stuff, yeah. So this was introduced <laughs> to me, actually, by an older friend of mine named Todd, uh, who's about three or four mm. years older than me, and, you know, bad influence kind of a thing. No. Not really yeah, that bad, one, but yeah. I had one of those too. Yeah, you did. He was a couple dick. years older than me, but yeah, yeah. he was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he's tr- they're tr- he's trying on me. <laughs> Everybody. Uh, <laughs> so no, and then Ryan, and here you've, I am. <laughs> you've never seen this one, and this is why I say trying. He doesn't always succeed. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. <laughs> uh, I still haven't watched it. I wasn't opposed to watching it. Uh, funny enough, it really was like like other things going on i mean i did announce an engagement so i mean like right, there's right. reasons um uh I, I would have otherwise but no i have not watched it so we're um, going to use this as an opportunity to try something where we are going to describe this batshit movie to ryan yeah yeah <laughs> well, let's see how that goes because this is uh well let let me start off with this way and i'll give you a brief just a one sentence long synopsis of of what house is all about i'll be working as a audience surrogate here yeah yeah (laughs) that is a a vietnam vet turned horror novelist returns to his boyhood home to find that it has been invaded by ghosts and ghouls and that's pretty is this a stephen king novel (laughs) i'm just saying starting off There are certain, that was one of my notes, actually, one of the first things I wrote down was like, well, it's certainly got a Stephen King-type vibe to it, being that it's, you know, 
about a horror author because but um but yeah there's a lot of stuff going on like the the lead character played by William Cat is named Roger Cobb and is uh as it as I said a, a horror novelist but also on top of all of that a uh, Vietnam veteran turned horror novelist who has given up writing horror who's trying to write his own like personal memoir about Vietnam during this period of transition he's also uh, lost his son like literally lost his son they believe has been kidnapped but literally just goes missing into this house the titular house and um, (laughs) is also in the midst of getting a divorce from his actress wife when he you know takes off to go back to this, you know, boyhood home, the play, the house that swallowed his son, and uh, try to write his Vietnam memoir. So, okay, okay, right away. This sounds I have like questions. a comedy, right? Gonna, I have like... questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Wow. First off, my brain's trying to digest some of that. Um, not that you didn't explain it well. I think you did a great job. I just mean the <laughs> concepts, just straight out the gate of the lost son. Um, so literally they lose their kid, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and they it's... don't know where to find him. But th- but that's like, do they know it happened in the house? They, okay, well, the way it plays out in the movie is Roger's out in the yard. His son is playing, you know, in the yard with him. He's doing yard work or something. Um, he turns to do something, turns back around, the kid's missing, looks out to the street, and there's a car speeding off. So he kind of, like, yells to his wife, like, hey, have you seen Jimmy, I think is the name of the kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she goes, no, I thought he was with you, kind of thing. They run around yelling his name. Um, And so far, great comedy. Just Tension mounts and, yeah. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Tension mounts and uh, suddenly Roger sees him, like, drowning in the swimming pool splashing acting like you know he can't um dives in attempts to save him the kid's not actually in the swimming pool who the fuck Um, was in the swimming pool there's like a vision yep and uh that's (laughs) there's there's now like two there's more questions now there's like five additional questions now about this Then the crazy old aunt who lives in the house at the time tells the police as they're questioning the parents that the house took him and that's how we get that kind of like it leads into you know no, and we get this all as a flashback now, actually after Roger has come back to the house. It's because not like if, in the if prologue. If you're a, a parent who has suffered like the most unimaginable thing and your marriage is falling apart and you're still suffering from PTSD from your time in combat and you're deciding to kind of essentially change careers a little bit and take some huge risks, what better thing to do than go back to the house where like the worst of all those things happened and decide yep. that's where I'm going to set up base. I'm also going to say, like, at this point, with the 2020 hindsight, with between his visions and, and his aunt being a person going, the house took your son, there has to be considerations of mental, like, decline in mental health issues in a dementia level at one point. Maybe schizophrenia is in the family. Oh, yeah. When, when we first meet uh, George Wentz's character, Harold, who lives next door, um, he uh, has some, some choice words about what a crazy old bat <laughs> um, the guy's aunt was so um, good old norm the aunt's Sounds sanity like norm. Is, <laughs> is certainly um in question so um, i saw be her a good place to put that, uh, that audio clip because it's a good uh, <laughs> good oh, george yeah. went moment he's she just going off about yeah what Particle. a crazy old bitch 
Like, uh, and then he's like, that was my aunt. And he's like, heart of gold, though. <laughs> like, really, just a just a great, great lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are some good little one lines like that in there, and a lot of them yeah. are George Went. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, he plays the neighbor, and we were talking about Richard Mall uh, earlier. He plays uh, Bull from Night Court, as we talked about. Um, he plays Roger's war buddy that died in Vietnam. So you really only see him in the flashbacks and then eventually at the end of the film when you find out it, when he returns in like a ghoul form to <laughs> which we'll get there but yeah spoilers um, yeah so yeah and, and so William Cat starts noticing weird stuff in the house that always had weird stuff happening in it and he's surprised <laughs> yeah of course but well, I think it's more one of those things like you know you you, you kind of grow up getting creeped out by the, your aunt's old house that you, you know, grew up in in the latter part of his, like, childhood hasn't been there ever since, and you kind of think, you kind of play that off like it, it's boyhood fantasy, and he comes back and just instantly kind of immersed in it. But all of this sounds like a setup to a horror film, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all of the kind of, like, deep and, and, you know, the missing kid and the PTSD and all this stuff. I mean, it's once not the selling actual, the comedy like, part. <laughs> once the actual, like, haunting stuff kicks in and you, you you find out what's unique about this film so like, what is yeah. unique about this film tell me so it, this isn't like haunted house ghost bump in the night that simple weird misty apparitions this is monsters so yeah. like like <laughs> ash versus evil dead no yeah like ash versus evil dead or evil dead like two. totally right out of evil dead kind of monsters yeah, yeah. but even like, a bit demonic. sillier than that like <laughs> yeah they are a bit silly looking in some cases. Some of them are kind of creepy, like the thing in the closet that mm-hmm. comes out. It's this weird... That looks like an evil... some some A bit yeah. like an evil dead monster, yeah. I was going to say, because I've seen... I, I have seen, like, the stills for the movie. Uh, and I'm like, God, these look just like Evil Dead 2. Sam yeah. Raimi film. Like, special, like, cheap special effects. Puppetry. Like, rubber puppets. But just done, what I would assume such a charismatic way where like ah this is like a nightmarish muppet land in the best way <laughs> that's how that's my in that's my take yeah of Evil yeah Dead i mean too. Like, no you're not going for realism it's the realistic enough to be like that's kind of weird kind of creepy whatever but not really to be scary yeah i but... want the like halloween look what looks like halloween props come to life like that's legitimately yeah yeah well, and that's and probably the scariest monster he, as he described, was the the closet demon or whatever it's called. Um, what that is that? Literally lives in like the old aunt's bedroom closet, and Roger, uh, throughout the film, is trying to like catch or document that quote unquote ghost, and um, it's generally kind of creepy looking. But every time it appears in the film. It's generally played for laughs, <laughs> which is funny because, like, the thing will pop out and it's this hideous-looking monster. But you get these, like, kind of slapstick, like, you know, uh, reactions from William Cat, And also later in the, the scene when he convinces Harold, the neighbor, to try and help him catch this thing, which he convinces him is a large raccoon that he's mm-hmm. trapped in the closet. Um, and, yeah, there are actually quite funny scenes. The, the raccoon catching scene is probably one of the funniest scenes in the film. And uh, it's, it's very Abbott and Costello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm already sold on the remake, but instead of the whole <laughs> kid missing thing, like it's a true horror comedy mm-hmm. where like 
it's just two guys who want to do their own paranormal investigation on social media style. Like, let's go back to my childhood home. I always remember seeing some weird shit, and it goes, like, full on, like we mentioned, that level of, like, <laughs> modern-day version of practical effects done to look like Evil Dead-level effects. It just, like, just a hilarious situation of horror ensues. Because I feel I like that's that... a good combination of just, like, an overactive imagination of a kid translated to adult. Like, this is, like, a cartoon still, but horrifying. Yeah, and, and actually, like, some of the... There's also the creature that's, like... I don't know, it's always been referred to as, like, the witch. Yeah. From what I've heard. She's just, like, a very, like... Purpley, like, massively obese, long fingernails, like, just kind of... Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, the, the, his... Yeah, he gets a, a, a... One of the spirits comes to him in the form of his wife. Like, oh, oh I'm worried about you. And suddenly she transforms into this gigantic hag-like, snarling, gross, slimy beast, witch lady. I don't know how to describe. Mm -hmm. it. But yeah, he kind of like horrifying chest wrestles cavity. him around the house, like yeah, yeah <laughs> slaps him around, like beats him with the butt of a shotgun, kind of a stuff. It, it's got some some slapstick, slapstick type oh, yeah. stuff yeah. without yeah. really getting too gory. I yeah, see the image of the that. grandma. No, no, the 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 ex-wife witch. Mm -hmm. Like I saw the before and after, and I will. Like I only saw the one image, mind you, and I was just like, "Huh, those are some questionable creative decisions on that design part, mainly in the front, because I'm pretty sure those are two human-sized pillows." Um, yeah. Oh, and there, they, <laughs> that whole thing with him fighting her and killing her and all that, that plays off really well with a lot of gags mm -hmm. for well and then her hand mm -hmm. <laughs> is, yeah. is severed during the the fight and he ends up killing the monster you think and he buries it in the yard or whatever but the hand escapes from the grave and comes back to terrorize not only um is it you know the neighbor's dogs dragging it around at one point and then it ends up being stuck on somebody's little kid <laughs> and uh yeah which is actually one of my favorite jokes. It, it's such a hammy, punny joke. Um, Sounds the, like an Adams Family situation. Mm -hmm. Well, and the, well, and the fact that they they set it up and it's just not. It cracks me up because it's not even really that funny. But the fact that they take all this time and care to set it up. And there's this <laughs> uh, this neighbor, kind of stereotypical like hot single lady neighbor that comes over swimming in his swimming pool. That she says, you know, when he first meets her, she has an arrangement with, you know, her aunt or his his aunt, and now that you know she's gone, he she she's you know hopes that she could keep coming over to swim. So she's in this you know skimpy bathing suit, and uh, I I I have another question. <laughs> now that you, yes. what is what deal did did his aunt set up where she's like, yes, you can swim. Scantily clad in, in your life. Whatever you want. You can go in the nude in my swim. I don't mind at all. Who knows? I mean, she's. Her, I'm not judging. I just want to know. Um, yeah, who knows? I'm... <laughs> Granny was spry. But... Yeah. That's where I'm getting at here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. like you I mean, know, she does have Granny a collection is... of paintings of mostly nude women, right? The one that the cops find the interest in one of her paintings in the house center so who knows maybe, maybe oh yeah, yeah good point yeah yeah you never know anyway <laughs> yeah so then like then she shows up one night and just 
dumps her kid off on this guy. She just well, there's the great line. The joke is the line like she's being all like really seductive with him when he first meets her, and she talks about like the the ant and everything. And she goes, oh, and he's like he's trying to bury this corpse, right? That's yeah. kicking around and moving. This hands crawling everywhere. So he's just like, you know, I'm just really busy. And she goes, oh, well, that's okay. I know I can tell when a man wants to work, and I can also tell when a man wants to play. Yeah, and that's kind of how they leave it like you know in sexual life well she comes back over and she like knocks on his door like a few scenes later and is like are you ready to play and he's like gets this look on his face like you know yeah i'm ready kind of thing and she kind of hands him her little kid and like good here's my son robert i need a babysitter like yeah (laughs) and it's just like and it literally cracks me up because they they took so long to set up this joke about this, and it's this and it's a ridiculous thing. joke too because it's incredibly unbelievable yeah. that you know because then the little kid he's kind of a dick so he just takes off running in this giant creepy mansion yeah and he goes chasing after him because he sees the severed hand on the back of the little kid and the mom's like wait what are you doing he goes no you stay back it's like yes lady stay back while i chase your son through this giant maze of my house <laughs> how well, long is he at one point kid? he's giving the kid a bath at one point, oh yeah yeah he gives well he gets kid. covered wait, 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 in, he gets drug up the chimney that... by by the creepiest monsters in this movie yes are they you are. telling me that Holy this shit, kid they are. actually becomes like a secondary character, like a sidekick throughout this main character. No, it's no, he's it's, just it's around like a, for a couple scenes, but yeah, okay. it's like a it's like a, a weird little act in the in the middle. It the is though. That's a weird. It's yeah. Like this guy has so much other shit going on. Loses his wife after they lost their son. <laughs> Dead people showing up. P uh, PTSD from Vietnam. Trying to write a horror book. My life's in shambles. My fucking neighbor is Norm. <laughs> yeah and now i well, get a babysit and... who decided that like let's throw babysitting in there i mean it's going well that one movie that we just had with the babysitter it's the 80s <laughs> well I, I don't know i'm not even sure why the kid kid movie uh, or the kid part of the movie because um, they knew who this, there, they were showing it, this to <laughs> like it does get us like some of the creepiest scenes in this movie one of the only part of it parts of it that i would say it's actually creepy and it's just the monster design of these what would you even call those things but anyway like this is they're, later they're after the hand the thing little and after the and they creep me yeah. the fuck out uh robert the the little boy the toddler um disappears again <laughs> and uh is being drug around this house by two like podcasters Sorry, I was I was connecting to my you own know what situation. They look, like? Possibly, but... they, they look like Barrel from Lock, Shock, and Barrel from Nightmare Before Christmas. The 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 one of Oogie's oh, kids of, yeah. that yeah. wears oh, the skeleton okay. costume. It's yeah. the grin. He's got like a big toothy permanent grin and beady eyes. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. And that's yeah. what these things look like. And oh, that's like beautiful. Like obviously really bad rejected garbage pail kid costumes from the eighties. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. yeah, but in, that the, was a like, in the context a of this, it's actually pretty creepy. And they're, like, dragging this little kid around. They try to drag him up the chimney. Um, God, it's Krampus all over again. Yeah. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's the thing that, you know, when I was a little kid, this movie freaked me out because of the, the big ugly monster lady of his wife, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I got over that and went back and watched it again when I was a teenager. And I was like, oh, no, that doesn't scare me anymore. But these little things freaking creeping me out. 
Yeah, I think even like to this day, they're the they're the one thing in there that's like still pretty creepy. Everything else, like I I love the monster designs. They're just kind of so batshit crazy. I love them, but um, but those are actually kind of creepy, and I, I will stick to that. Like, all right, um, yeah. But yeah, the whole the whole chapter about the like little kid babysitting that whole thing just seems like they were like, well, we need we need Roger to do some stuff that gets him exploring more of the like creepy stuff in this house. So let's throw a kid into the mix um, before we actually get to the next stage of that, and that's where he's actually going to discover that his his son, Jimmy, is still alive, and it has actually been taken by the house into whatever the house is. And that sounds like an interesting thing to say, but the house is more than just a haunted house. Inside of it, or whatever it is, do you like... They, you know, inside of that closet and inside of the, like, mirror that he breaks out to chase after his son is almost like this dark dimension that could become, like, anybody's personal hell. So it starts to take him back to, like, his Vietnam flashbacks and all this stuff and uh, eventually, you know, throws Big Ben or, you know, Bull at him as a, as a final demon he has to defeat to get his son back. But If you were final <laughs> boss in... Yeah. yeah cool. but, well, I'm just going to say, you know, like, LS, they say LSD, like, it stays in the fat, and, like, you know, you could randomly one day just burn some off, and then before you know, you're doing cardio one moment, before you know it, you're in a haunted house um, being stalked by demons and finding your missing son. I mean, I'm just saying, Vietnam was a hell of a time. You don't know what this man's life. I'm fully convinced uh-huh. that this is a demon house. Just fully convinced it- that this man... It's the worst existence. <laughs> well, it's just... It's kind of weird where they go with it, though. Yep. You know? Oh, well, it's kind of oh, weird yeah. that this kind of, like, I, slapstick I'm, horror I'm on... movie is intercut with Vietnam flashbacks, too, so... <laughs> I'm kind of... I'm yeah. picking up on this weirdness part pretty early on. Yeah, so, it's so like, throughout his... And a lot of it's... A lot of the scenes are because he's writing his novel so it gets it he has literal not like not like ptsd style flashbacks but like you know where i'm writing about it i'm gonna think about it type flashbacks and you get a little bit of the character you know develops the character of who who big ben was and and what situation that is and that roger um refuses he's injured um shot many times is is not dead and roger can't bring himself to kill him uh before he is taken into taken prisoner um oh like a put him by, out of his misery by the situation or yeah yep so and oh well, that's rough so the the avenging spirit of big ben actually is the one that comes back and takes his kid um oh shit and <laughs> as revenge Holy because fuck. supposedly he did survive his injuries and was tortured for days weeks whatever i forget what he says before actually dying um holy fuck and blames roger you know from the afterlife of <laughs> so well, he that's... gets to be the the big bad guy at the end of it but that's that's a pretty emotional turn i won't lie <laughs> <laughs> and uh so yeah it, it, so it's weird that there's this these vietnam scenes and and honestly i think one of the things that hurts the movie just a little bit for me is that the vietnam scenes are not well realized like it really looks like a bad tv movie like they have one soundstage dialed up like jungle and they just keep walking back and forth through it or something 
but um, oh oh kind of like Velocipaster. Is it kind of like yeah. that? And actually, Velocipaster might have looked better, but. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. I, I, I mean, I know where they're going with it, and the, but that's one of the things that this movie kind of fails at is it, it tries to cram in so much. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's we're gonna. Do it's a, a very busy. Movie, yeah, yeah, the Vietnam flashback and the comedy and the child missing it's just it's hard to pinpoint exactly what's what it, it what it's trying to do right yeah well and also like the the whole idea that the house is something existential like it that every everybody's torment in that house is something personal like it has its own personal haunting experience uh for it and so it's it's more than just a haunted house and 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 they put like little little seeds of those ideas, but it never really gets developed. You have to just kind of pick that up uh. after seeing how it plays out. And it's it's a really cool idea, but you know, yeah, I, I think um, it could be totally lost on somebody who wasn't paying a lot of attention to the film, or or not at all, <laughs> someone yeah. who hasn't watched it. Well, the one thing too about this film that it really has going for it is I don't think I've ever seen a film that focused so much with intensity of a scene where a guy is trying to figure out how to fight a stuffed swordfish. Oh yes. Oh, the, the first I'm real sorry. haunted scene. Yeah. Yeah. I have several questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sum it up for you. Thank There's you. a stuffed swordfish on the wall and it starts to act like it's a live fish nailed to a plank and so it starts like flailing around. Oh, it's like Billy Mouth Bass or whatever it's fucking called. Yeah, almost exactly, yeah. And he shoots it oh, with wow. a shotgun. Except he doesn't sing. But well, that's less. Well, he may. I don't know if that's just, better or worse. I don't speak <laughs> swordfish, so I don't know. Maybe he was singing. Well, that's true. Maybe he was. <laughs> he is a little song. Maybe he wasn't roll. screaming in pain like it sounded like he was actually just trying to sing. You know, take me to the river. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so yeah, uh, and then it, 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 we get a happy ending out of this one. Yeah, Why? I think that was one of the things. That, yeah, when we got to the end, that I was gonna bring up is like. It, it, it's a little deep, like in a way, like I feel like it's about, like on top of all this hundreds of other things we just threw at you that this movie is about, it's also about overcoming personal demons. And obviously they make it very like the demons are personified, but, um, <laughs> and literal. And through that, like he's able to like put his life back together. Literally, he rescues his son from the, you know, the inner guts of whatever the house is. And he, you know, finds out that, you know, he didn't really murder his ex-wife who turned into a giant, you know, um, beast. Titty witch. <laughs> witch. Titty witch. Yeah, I like that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, though he does. He, like, he, you know, walks out with the, you know, saves his son and runs, you know, there's his ex-wife getting out of a cab. She was coming to check on him and they're all together and, you know, we get a smiling happy ending we don't get a last shot of harold though what what happened to harold I well know. I, and i'm, and I'm gonna <laughs> say here on the show that you know the, the little boy right um what's his name uh J jimmy jimmy yeah their fuck, son right? fuck yeah. jimmy fuck jimmy <laughs> and here's oh why. the little one he was fucking babysitting no no his no, son no, his, his, his son, son yeah. that was abducted by a demonic house and trapped inside for an unspecified amount of time. 
and that's a side note, how much time passed before William Katz like, ah, I needed a place to my own to work on my writing after he lost his fucking kid. I mean, he seems way too chill about it. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, I'm guessing some time has passed, and I'm also guessing like time works differently inside the house. But I don't know. I just that's just a yeah because we don't get an explanation. The of kid that. doesn't look any different from the flashback. But anyway, yeah, rescues him from a demonic house in the avatar of a you know zombie GI, <laughs> and you know with the creepy critters play. and the green closet monsters and all of this. You know, demon bats and shit like that. Swordfish. Giant, yeah. You know, possessed swordfish. And you walk mm-hmm. outside, and here's mom coming out of the cab. I'm sorry, I personally, if I were a kid, I'd be like, Oh, I mom, know where this rant's already going. Good to okay. see you, but you couldn't get me to let go of the person that rescued me from that shit, i.e. the dad. <laughs> but yeah, as soon as they're out of the house, the kid's like, Fuck you, dad, mommy! And just goes and <laughs> tackles her. Yeah. If I were William Cat, I would have been like, fuck you, and walk back in the house and slam the door. Just party with the ghosts. Yeah, fine, I'm going to go hang with the demons, motherfucker. Yeah. Mom's going to have that awkward conversation of like, yeah, well, I got a new boyfriend, so there's going to be a new daddy. There's some things I need to explain to you that that's happened since you've been away. I, I don't you know, care. I'm going to go finish this 12-pack with the demons because I'm not a little bitch. So there. Yeah. <laughs> Harold, bring me another six-pack of High Life. We're, we're going to... Yeah, and you know, I yeah. in my head canon, uh, Harold is actually Norm Peterson from Cheers in this. Yeah, I mean, he pretty much is, isn't he? Like, you just expect that that's, you know. Uh, yeah, Norm. he's going back. There are I, episodes of Cheers we didn't see where he goes back to the bar and he's telling about this weird-ass new neighbor. Yeah. We just haven't <laughs> just seen those episodes. can't figure the guy out. You no. can't figure him out. Um, Keep bringing him beer. So that's he, what happened uh, to him in the end. Harold's a cool character in this because I think initially... You kind of think like, oh, this guy might be a creep because he steals uh, Roger Cobb's um, address book uh, and calls his famous, semi-famous, she's a soap opera actress, mm-hmm. but um, wife. And you kind of think, oh, he's be- there's something weird about it. No, he like legitimately calls like, yeah, you're... Your husband's up here at his aunt's place, and he's acting kind of funny. You might want to come check on him, kind of like is legitimately concerned about him. And then after you get him figured out, like... Like, this is just a legitimately decent dude, and he's just kind of lonely and wants a friend. <laughs> and so that's why he lets Roger talk him into doing stuff like getting the raccoon out of the closet. And <laughs> so then you start to feel a little bit bad for him. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he Because Roger ends puts up him being... right in the line of danger. <laughs> like, yeah, he actually like, ends up Harold, being a Harold's really... a hell of a dude. Yeah, he's <laughs> so, a good character. But, but yeah, um, <laughs> you you really don't find out what happens to him. No. Well, I mean, he's out of the house. Like, he's he's there at the end. But, like, it's weird because they have, like, one shot of him outside as Jimmy, or as Roger's carrying Jimmy out of the house. And that's it. That's the end for Harold. <laughs> he just, he's just kind of, it's kind of like they're all going to have their hug, get in their cab, go back to California or whatever. And Harold's going to, like, quietly, sadly walk back into his house. Like, oh, well, guess I'll have to make another friend someday. Like, yeah, I'm like, the, well, there turns goes out all the excitement. There goes all the excitement that was going on with this house, you know, in, in this neighborhood yeah. for a while, and now I'm just going to go back and watch, ironically, probably watch reruns of Cheers. Here, <laughs> right. here, here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm at. Make it even a happier ending. Drop the whole bullshit family thing. He's still delusional. Let's just leave it at that. But Norm goes back. He's sad. Looks like his face towards the door like, there goes a friend. 
as he turns, there's Bull from Night Court GI Zombie Man sitting there with a cold beer in hand going, hey, do you want to watch the game? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, fuck that main character. He abandoned both of us. And it just does like a there nice zoom out as like Norm puts his arm around the zombie GI and they just watch whatever. That, that, we had a happy ending and you just made the super happy ending. You're like, welcome. <laughs> have never watched have the it. shit. Yeah, and I think because of 80s movies and like how they are and, you know, even everything from like Elm Street to Friday the 13th, like all of those kind of 80s horror films. This is totally different in so many ways, but I think you kind of expect it to have like this last second twist ending. Because all of the that was a big thing to do to people then, so I was just waiting for that to hit in this, and it doesn't. I mean, Roger kind of smiles at camera and gets a freeze frame and credits roll, and so I was kind of pleasantly surprised, especially like now after I, you know, watching this as an as an adult, and uh, it's kind of like wow, that that was a legitimately like happy ending that kind of wrapped everything up, and like it's it's a really like ham fisted way to be like he beat his demons, like literally beat them into submission with its own arm. But um, yep. but it's kind of cool that that ends that way, in a way, because it's just so uncharacteristic of the genre at the time. I, I mean, I'm for the Normandin. So. <laughs> I, I mean, you know what? Yeah, it, it is... It, it's very... It's a, it's a good example of, like... This came out, let's say, yeah, early 1986, New World Pictures. That's an mm-hmm. era. And this is the kind of stuff that was coming out. I mean... It had a three million dollar budget. It raked in twenty two million. It was it was successful, you know. Yeah, spawned four sequels, three sequels. It spawned four, three sequels, um, which really the second one's kind of cool. The second I have never seen as much as it's hilarious because as much as I just proclaimed that I loved this movie, I've never seen any of the other ones. I highly recommend the second one. It's very different. Yeah. It still plays the comedy supernatural it has more of a vibe like elvira mistress of the dark which is one we should review someday um it's got that same kind of feel to it speaking of titty witch yeah sorry i think you'd like it though i think you'd like if you liked house one because you're like i get the supernatural horror comedy element i think you'd like Mm. house two actually i think it's a bit more cohesive as a movie Mm. but it doesn't really tie in um in fact None of the sequels are... Yeah, I'm pretty sure the only one that does is four. It brings back the characters, uh, Mm -hmm. like William Katz in it again. And, uh, yeah, anyway. Okay. So, yeah, it's a a weird movie. Ryan, I I, I do recommend you watch it. You see, we like me. I would recommend literally anybody watch House that has you any have. interest in, like, yeah, I, I have. And I do again. You, you've you spread the watching of this movie more than <laughs> Trump has spread COVID in the White House. I did it. Uh, oh, it was all about, you know, spreading shit around the house. Uh, yep. Yeah. It's, it's Where's your house? Yep. So what do you think? Are we, are we looking at... Uh, are we looking at grades, or do we want to have some final thoughts? Well, Brian, I mean, did we did we sell you on this one? Are you are you interested in watching House? Is um, it... <laughs> I'm not disinterested, actually. <laughs> Funny enough, I feel like I kind of maybe should. It, uh, um, so yeah, as a I'd say for my grade, which wouldn't be a grade, it would be a like I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I feel like you need to see it for one reason, and that being that we keep talking about how funny it is. 
and nothing in like our talking about it besides that we're laughing at some of the things we're talking about really explains why it's funny and i think you have to see it to like then you'll get like oh yeah it is funny or you know parts of it at least are um, <laughs> and intentionally so not yeah yeah uh, check it what out about you guys yeah what do you think joe what uh, good i i you know the I, I gotta hand it to any movie and this is something that I just love about 80s genre films is the practical effects in this are actually you know I know we've been like making fun like they're weird evil dead knockoff but that's what I love about them because that was still weird creepy shit on a set there was something... sorry to interrupt you but let's not forget that uh, this was the year before evil dead 2 came out yeah so I mean we so... keep talking about they're comparing it to that but this I mean, this is prior to when anybody's seen the work they were going to do in Evil Dead 2. And, and when we say Evil Dead-like monsters, we're really talking about Evil Dead 2, right? I mean, yeah. yes. the monsters in the first one are very different. But, um, yeah, it's also, so, yeah, well, sorry, I just wanted to make one. that point because I think that I don't I, – the people making House I don't think are aware of that at all. It's its own kind of quirky thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't think of a lot before this that would have been doing this. There's some stop motion in this. Um, you know, there's there's puppetry, there's big rubber suits and stuff. There's some really <laughs> creepy ass shit that isn't. It, it's that level of harmless. There's nothing grotesque or offensive going on, but it just it gives you the creeps. Um, mm-hmm. It's too. It's just a weird movie, but yeah. it's charming in that way. It knows it's a weird movie. It knows <laughs> it's... that it's cramming way too much in there. It's almost a parody, but not. Um, it, it's it's more of it. I guess I put it this way: if you enjoyed Cabin in the Woods, if mm-hmm. you enjoyed that on a level of I get that this is kind of following some tropes, but also doing some of its own thing, then you'd like this too. Um, you know, because it, it, it has your some of your quintessential haunted house type stuff in it, but it's it does focus more on weird looking monsters, and they're all very very eighties, and it's just kind of charming. Um, the performances, I mean, you've got a decent cast in this. You've got, yeah, you've got some established actors, you know, you've got, you know, world's greatest hero, of course, William Cat. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, you've, you've, you've got a good cast. The, the weak part, and this is, is unfortunate, is the, the flashbacks to, to Vietnam. Though it's, they're flashbacks, but at the same time, it's also like his perspective as he's writing. Yeah. So I wondered in some scenes is this a flashback or is this just like he's kind of a shitty writer <laughs> i couldn't tell <laughs> um that's a good way look of... at it that way that's yeah, yeah. you know because it, it always is really when he's writing all of a sudden you're taken yeah. back to vietnam yeah. and it is it's a bad set and the dialogue's bad and it, it really does feel like a really poorly done after school special kind of a thing or movie of the week yeah. um some of the fight with big ben at the end takes place on that set as well but. Yeah, the whole Big Ben thing is is a bit. That's where I I kind of quit giving a damn. Yeah, you know, um, but it doesn't really harm the film that much. I mean, it it doesn't alter it significantly. So I guess for an overall rating, I I'd actually give it like a B minus. You you got to go into this knowing that it's not a it's not trying to scare you. <laughs> yeah, that's a big thing. Is it's not trying to scare you. It's it's just being weird. It, it's in the same kind of line as movies like Troll. Well, I made it no secret that I, this one has a like place in my heart, but 
um, just as a movie and watching it again after many years, I haven't seen it in a long, quite a long time. Um, it just strikes me as just being this totally kind of unique experience because it, it kind of has the framework of being a haunted house movie and it has all this like serious kind of subtext stuff going on. And I know some critics really hated the fact that that subtext was all there. And it's not really even subtext. I mean, it's, it's, it's all kind of spelled out for you and that they didn't, you know, take it super seriously. Um, that doesn't really bug me a whole lot. I love the fact that, that, you know, instead of being your, your stereotypical haunted house movie, ghosts, ghost haunting thing that they went with like weird monsters and this kind of interdimensional house that knows like tortures people, um, using their individual experiences and stuff. I thought it was, makes the house a character, like its own character. And it's really cool as the villain of the, uh, of this movie. And, um, I think the thing that that really sells it for me is that it's, it's just unique and the scenes and the monsters and everything just kind of stick in my brain. Um, you've touched on it just, just a second ago, Joe, but I think the cast really helps. I think William Cat, George Went are great. They have comic, like, I think you compared Ab and Costello a bit, but they're, they're really good together. Like the comedy works when they're on screen together. William Cat, every time. And I think we talked about this, uh, when we reviewed baby as well, but, um, he never phones in a performance, man. He's always right. just working his ass off. Like he does a great job in this movie, and his his hard work as an actor, I think, makes this movie better. Like it, it's you know, you're you're being able to like relate to Roger Cobb in any way is just due to you know William Cat's performance, and um, I think it works really well as a comedy too. I, I think this is a very funny movie in a lot of places, and um. I don't know. I think this is the kind of movie that is just absolutely the perfect pick for Halloween season. And that's why when I saw it on Tubi, I was like, yeah, we got to do this one for our Halloween run of movies. Yeah. Like this is a, this is kind of a perfect Halloween movie because it's a, it's a horror movie, but it's not really scary. It's it's funny. It's got cool monsters. It's, you know, um, got a big old, you know, creepy Victorian haunted house. Yeah. So uh, perfect Halloween movie. You could certainly do a lot worse. And I think the sequel's on Tubi as well. So while it's still there, I'm definitely going to try and check that out. And uh, But this one for me, although I do admit there is enough stuff in it that I, you know, to detract, that I can't give it like an A plus or whatever. Just um, some of the Vietnam stuff doesn't quite work for me. And like you said, the climax is a little weaker, although I do like the Big Ben makeup and I like a few moments of their fight. Um... I find the earlier part of the film to be a bit more memorable to monsters and such, but I still would give this one a B plus. This is one that um, I certainly enjoy a lot and still enjoy a lot. And I will continue to try and push this one off on people <laughs> because it's just such a unique movie. And I, I think people, super people need that's to see it. Are. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> as, as we're doing to you right now, Ryan. So yeah, <laughs> now you have to, now here's your part of the bar and you have to watch house. Part of part, well, I mean, part of my review was like, would you watch it? And I said, yeah, I'm willing to. And now, now you're like, now it's part of the deal. I'm like, well, fuck, no. You said you were willing, so now you have to. No, I've altered to. the deal. Uh, Pray I don't alter it further. <laughs> fuck this. I'm going to my room. <laughs> but, no, I highly recommend this one. And, uh, I don't know, hopefully, Ryan, if, if we've sold you on it, then I think this review has been successful, which would be a new way that we gauge how successful our reviews are. Or, Can we convince Ryan. Ryan to watch this shitty movie? Can we convince one of us <laughs> to watch one of these shitty movies? And this one's not. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. It goes all over the place. But 
and and I can't, you know, this isn't one where I, I could give my kind of stereotypical, you could tell they had fun making it. I know I've said that many times, and I'll probably say it again. Mm-hmm. I can't say that about this one because it just doesn't come off one way or the other. <laughs> right. But it comes off as a fun movie, as just a... It is. And I think a part. it's a good party movie, like you pointed out. This is a good one to show yeah. people. And be this like, is a great one if people you have a group of friends that are into kind of like the bad movie night or so bad it's good type movies like even though I think this is totally a good movie it it fits that vein like this is one to grab and you know bring over to that situation I mean I know we don't do the DVD thing well I do because I'm an old man but like you <laughs> know it's on Tubi like you you know if you're having a get together with some friends when we can finally do that again or if you're doing it you know, virtually I know people are doing that now um if you do a bad movie night and people are into that kind of thing, House is the perfect movie for that situation. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. But we would love to hear what anybody else thinks. Have you seen House or any of the House sequels in the franchise? Remember, there's four of them somehow. Uh, we would love to hear from you, and feel free to drop us a line with your any questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms about House or anything else on the Video Junkyard Podcast to videojunkyardpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at VideoJunkPod or on our Facebook pages, Video Junkyard Podcast or the Video Junkyard Podcast group. You got something to say, we'll be happy to read it on the air, good or bad. Challenge, hopefully accepted. <laughs> Please talk. And uh, coming up on the Video Junkyard podcast is, I have no idea, actually. Our next movie <laughs> will be another horror movie uh, to close out our month of October Halloween celebration, but I do not see anything on the schedule. I, actually, <laughs> I think it's brain damage, uh, isn't it? Oh, is it? Okay. it's Yeah, it's not in place. It is on your list, so um, it's going to be brain damage. So, awesome. Let's, we're going to watch Brain Damage for next week. But I do want to say, we're going to have Ryan back on the show very shortly afterwards, and we are going to check out uh, one that he was kind of pushing for us to watch, uh, Dr. Mordred, which I believe Ooh. is an old Full Moon Features, Charles Band, um, Dr. Strange Jeffrey movie. Collins, if I can say yeah. that without you know them getting sued or whatever nowadays. But Oh, I mean, yeah. I, th- I, uh, yes, I was pushing it. But it, it's actually a Joe thing, because Joe's the one who mentioned it, it was, to yeah. me. Uh, Either way, yeah, yeah, we, we should watch Dr. Mordred. And I was sold on, like, <laughs> that concept in general. And, like, yes, this needs to be reviewed. And I yes. just randomly yeah, we'll remembered do... it's on Tubi. But, yes, we should do it. <laughs> yeah, we'll do. So we'll do brain damage next week. And then the following week we'll have Ryan. You're welcome to join us for that as well. But it, we'll have uh, Ryan back for sure the following oh, week yeah. for dr mordred so awesome. lots of great stuff coming up hope everybody's enjoyed our review of 1986 house uh here on the video junkyard podcast and we hope that you tune in next time and for future shows please feel free to share around in fact do so we'd like to get more listeners and we really appreciate you checking it out so until next time this is joe peterson i'm eric O'Branson. and i'm ryan seiskel get out of my fucking house You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. Keep clear of the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. On Twitter at Video Junk Pod, and on Instagram as Video Junkyard Podcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening. 
and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard. Hello fellow time travelers, I'm Tony Witt with the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the podcast in which we undertake the insert adjective here task of discussing in story order all of the Doctor Who novelizations. I'm joined by... Dalton Hughes. And by... Alison Fitzsafried. And we record our episodes twice a month. You're listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. Enjoy your travels. <laughs>